Hey everybody, this is John Schneider and you are listening to Picking It Out with my friend, Andrew Pope. It's just another podcast called Picking It Out. It's just another damn podcast. Gonna be picking it out. Ain't no telling what kind of shit we're gonna talk about. Yeah, we got the Duke boy in the house. And we're gonna be picking it out. Hey, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? Yeah, that was great. That was uh, well, my name's Andrew Pope, and you're watching and listening to picking it out appreciate y'all continuing to tune in uh real excited this week got a good friend of mine and uh, good old boy i guess uh mr john schneider in the house Woo! well actually he's in his house but you know i am i'm in my house i'm in my house it's amazing that you can do this and not that the technology is available it's just amazing that you can I? <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, this is like my fifth episode, I think. Fifth. Oh, wow. And it really is amazing, isn't it? I mean, who would have thunk it? It's uh, cool. I'm watching uh, RVers drive down the driveway. You know, here at the studio, we have uh, we have an RV park now in the back. Okay. Um, I think... We probably have 10 of them back there and there there's kind of a, a halfway point between somewhere and somewhere else and uh, the folks i just met are on their way down to florida um they came from california i'm glad they left there i told them i did uh, i did my time in california and california to me is like a really nice pair of boots that don't fit <laughs> <laughs> i love that yeah. A really nice pair of boots that don't fit. Man, I write that one down. Oh man, yeah. Uh, you know, it's like it, it's just it's crazy, man. I mean, it, it, even though we're sitting here like this, like the technology thing is crazy, but this is kind of where it's at now. I mean, I know you do a lot of uh, a lot of press interviews, and this is kind of how this is the standard now. I feel like, don't you? Oh yeah, I just did the. Uh... On New Year's Eve, I did Newsmax, and we did it this way. Um, so in many regards, you know, before, you used to have to fly to New York to uh, spend the night and then get up at 5 o'clock in the morning so you go sit in a green room and drink god-awful coffee, mm -hmm. be on uh, Fox & Friends for two and a half minutes, and then right. battle your way to the airport. So, you know, I think this is uh, – you know, I miss hanging out with uh, with some of those people, not all of them, but some of the people. Um, but this is great that we can do this. But consider this, folks. We can do this. We used to have to take, in order to do what we're doing right now, we needed a truck the size of Rhode Island. 
and then a backup truck. And both of them had those dishes on them. So we could do a satellite feed. That was a, a number of years ago, but that's how it used to be. Today, we can do it out of our pockets, and yet we still can't count ballots. <laughs> oh, man. Somehow it, that's supposed to be okay. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. This is unbelievable. <laughs> I'm going really. there. I'm going there. Yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, we did... Uh, uh, you weren't here. Uh, you would have loved it on... Uh, New Year's Eve day, we did a, uh, at high noon, we had about 20 people down by the uh, creek here. And right straight up at high noon, we all shot a, uh, we call it the Second Amendment Party. Mm. And we all shot one, uh, one shot to uh, let freedom ring, to, uh, to get 2020 the hell out of here with a bang, and welcome 2021 in with our uh, appreciation, a, a unified show of appreciation for our Second Amendment rights. Love so it. It, was a, it was a good way to end a year and begin a new one. Yeah, that's awesome, man. You know, y'all are, all, are all the time doing something down there. I, I mean, for people that don't know, uh, Holden, Louisiana, it's right outside of Baton Rouge. You know, John and his wife, Alicia, have a basically a whole it's an old campsite right an old church youth camp it's an old ymca camp yeah ymca camp okay YMCA camp in the 40s 50s and 60s i think and then it uh it kind of fell apart and then in the 80s and 90s it was a church camp again and then it fell apart again and then i got a hold of it um in 2011 to shoot a uh, a horror comedy called smothered so we shot that here. I fell in love with it and uh, got a hold of the place. And uh, we've made, Alicia and I have now made 11 movies since we met uh, seven years ago. So it's been, it's been pretty great. Pretty darn great. Yeah, you filmed so many things out there. And I've, I've been out there a couple of times. And, uh, man, I mean, there's, there's, there's little love. Uh, What's it called? It's the Itsy, right? The Itsy house we stayed in, I think. Itsy. Got the, Itsy, Itsy. Got the cash house. Three more of those kind of, they're called park homes. We've got three more of those coming. And we, uh, we rent those out through Airbnb. So they're full right now, too. Uh, and then we have three other ones. We've got the animal house, the cuckoo's nest, and the cash house. Those are full. Because um, a lot of people have taken advantage of... Uh, this non-working time, um, uh, a couple I just met, uh, is, it's not unusual to hear that people sold their house and bought a motorhome or a fifth wheel trailer, and now they're going out to see the country, mm -hmm. um, which I think is great. And that used to be a, uh, a retired person's game, but not anymore. You know, we're, we're seeing people in their 30s and 40s who've just said, you know, this is, uh, this is too volatile for me. I, I want some security and i want to see the country i don't want to wait until i'm 80 to see the country i'm just going to go do it right now and they're having a wonderful time and like i said a lot of people come from california they're on their way to key west they just want to see everything a lot of people are going from key west back out to uh oregon and washington uh, of course they want they got to stop in uh in california to to pick up some fruits and nuts oh yeah uh, 
Yeah, there's that that can mean several different things. Crazy, crazy people is what I mean. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's been a great time for us actually. This uh, and we did the album. So yes. we did gone. We did stand on it, the movie, uh, where Holland Hell is. Then mm-hmm. we did uh, a soundtrack album for Stand on it. Um, so it's been it's been really good and Stand on it uh my gosh it it outsold everything we've ever done in two wow. weeks really yeah so oh, it's, that's uh, awesome yep stand on it is uh is a force to reckon with so i'm very very proud of that and folks if you don't know what that is check it out look at the trailer go to my uh go to cineflixdod.com that's c-i-n-e-f-l-i-x-d-o-d.com check out the trailer rent the movie or just take my word for it and go to johnschneiderstudios.com and buy it. It's great. And and I appreciate you recording a song in that movie. Oh, it's great. Great song. I'm hauling hill and by you bound. With that hill cat hammered down. Yes, sir. That good old Dixie honking loud and proud. Yeah. And if you don't like Man. that, change the channel. That's right. If you're taking the rebel flag off the top of your car, please unsubscribe from my YouTube channel and my Facebook and you know, whatever else is out there. It, it's, uh, I don't believe. And, uh, I get, I get such a kick. I get so aggravated about people who feel that their, their, uh, first amendment, right. Uh, their freedom of speech means that they can curtail mine. Mm-hmm. The hell is that? Yeah, that's kind of a. Uh, that's kind of where we're at. It's like, you know, we have cancel culture, which you've experienced that somewhat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, could be worse, I guess, but I mean, it's you know, well, you don't have to silly as hell now already. So, yeah, uh, you just you just don't have to give into it. You don't give into it they win yeah uh so just don't and they're not very bright and there's you know there's not that many of them really you know i think they're uh one of the one of the arts of war is to give your enemy the impression that you have greater numbers than you do but the you know the truth of it is if if uh, you've got a beautiful complexion and one pimple on your nose you think that all you are is a pimple on your nose (laughs) that's all you can see Right. So so these folks are nothing more than a pimple on your nose. Leave them alone and they will go away or pick them and get it over with. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Conway was right about you. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. What a great that's that. Thank you. That's great. And thank you, Conway. You know. Back in those days, like, it was so weird, I feel like, because there were so many what what Nashville used to call song people, song men. You know, Buddy Cannon, Bobby Bear, Conway was one. My God, you know, I mean, just you could hear a song if you didn't write it. You could hear a song and you could just know, hey, that's a good song. It's written well. It's, you know, I want to record that. That's kind of the ditties, you know, the, the, yeah. um, 
the uh, Conway Conway told me that there's a uh, because I like to think of myself as somebody who can can hear a great song, can recognize an exceptional song. Like your album, uh, Stone on the One, was the name of the album, has great songs on it. In my opinion, the, the, the tough part is differentiating between a great song and an exceptional song. Mm-hmm. You know, my dog can tell the difference between a song that sucks and a song that's good. Yeah. But... In between good and great is a little tougher, and great and exceptional is tougher yet. So for me, my I, Stone on the One is a exceptional song. And all the other songs on there are no less than great. And there's probably an exceptional song or two on there for somebody else. But Stone on the One, my God, exceptional. Hmm. And Conway said that Conway said, you know, the real ears, because uh, that's what that's how they used to put it. Do they have ears or not? Um, mm. Is is are those who can tell the difference between a great song and an exceptional song? So when I would go to Conway with a Bob McDill song, Bob McDill, Dickie Lee song, mm. uh, I just heard an old song of mine that they wrote called Somebody's Gonna Love Her. And it's mm. exceptional. Yeah. He, he told me, he said, you know, you, you, you've got ears mm. because Bob McDill and Dickie Lee don't write anything but great songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but occasionally, occasionally they'll screw up and write an exceptional. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, and you found them. Yes, I am. I'm talking to Andrew Pope. I'm on Andrew Pope's podcast. Who we got here? We got Jason in the other room. Hey, Jason. Hey, Jason. I don't know if I met you or not, but but yeah, that's uh, that was. Um, it's not hard because you either can or you can't. Yeah, you know, I don't think you can. Uh, it's like people. I, I people who are great chefs usually have. Uh, it's not just taste buds, but they have the ability. You know, they can tell the difference between spices. Yeah, I think naturally they can from. From birth, they had some sort of a thing. Um, and I think because I, I grew up listening to Conway and I grew up listening to Johnny Cash, I grew up listening to uh, uh, later uh, Cat Stevens and Jim Croce and uh, Harry Chapin and Gordon Lightfoot and some of the greatest singer-songwriters of all time. I think that helped to... Uh, train me or or to build up whatever ears i already had mm-hmm. uh, so that i could tell what was an exceptional song again i underline this for me yeah because uh, there are there there are there are amazing songs that uh, that only george Strait could have could have sung uh, and there are amazing songs that only andrew pope could have sung and amazing songs only john schneider could have sung uh The key is knowing that that's your that's your song. It's like Keith Burns wrote a song, and when I f- first heard it, I couldn't wait to do it, and I'm so glad I did. It's called "Cowboys Don't Get Old." Oh, I love that! And my God, Andrew, that is Keith wrote that. Yep, that's a great song. 
the best song as far as songs I've I've sung in my in the, I'd say that and Stone on the One are two in in the top three songs. Those are in the top three songs I've ever done. Wow, that's a huge compliment, man. Well, it's it's it, and I knew it when I heard him. I remember when Alicia and I listened to that that uh, that CD you gave us the night before. We were listening yeah. to it, waiting in a in a line for breakfast back when you could actually exercise your right of peaceful assembly over an omelet <laughs> um we uh we listened to that and it was like then it was a great song this is a great song this is a great song but that came on it was like whoa hang on a second hmm. damn well damn we got to cut this song right away well you killed it man thank you thank you and coming to is a great song mm. i appreciate it. i appreciate you cutting that too uh i've that's on the CD, isn't it? That's on, yeah, it is. That's the on the new album. I haven't got. I need to get a copy of that. I haven't got a copy we yet. Were but. Backstage, uh, and you were you were up front, and you had done. I think you had done another. I think you'd done two songs, and I was backstage, and people have a tendency to talk backstage, and you started coming too, and I can't remember who I told to shut up, but I said, would you shut up? <laughs> Listen to this. And then you got to the part where you said, I can't tell if it's Monday or Wednesday or June. Yeah. And then they didn't want to say anything anymore. It was like, what? <laughs> Damn. So, uh, yeah, you have a, you have a wonderful gift. I appreciate that, man. Uh, you're welcome. You, you never forgot that song. People. They're what? Right sharing it sharing it with people yeah. uh oh good i'm sorry something just popped up the ted cruz is uh is leading uh at least no less than six senators to uh uh who've all agreed to um object on the sixth to the swing states electoral college uh votes uh we're living a very interesting time i'm telling you man and people are just kind of you know accepting everything uh well you know sheep will do that but will. sheep will also bite yeah so be if you're gonna be a sheep and that's okay if you're soft and fuzzy and you're a sheep that's fine soft Just and fuzzy. know that sheep can bite through a two by four and there's a time when you need to bear your sheep teeth and bite and that's okay too. And the time is coming. What do you think? What do you think is going to happen this year? You know, uh, when all this is settled, or the narrative is that settled anyway, and and people. Well, the I, I believe the narrative is wrong. Uh, I believe the narrative is desperate. Whoa! Look out. There goes a beer can. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, there goes a beer can. Oh man. Um, he had a beer can tripod, y'all. If you didn't know, he had a know. beer can tripod. I think what's going to happen is um, our constitution is strong, our country is strong, and I don't think there's anybody out there on either side who really believes that there was no voter fraud. Um, I believe there are two kinds of people in our well in the world right now: people who know there were vo voter fraud and people who think they got away with it. Mm -hmm. But 
uh, in the immortal words, I can't remember who wrote The Gambler, but you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, and know when to run. Oh, yeah. Never money when you're sitting at the table. There'll be time enough for counting when the dealing's done. So I think that the left is so used to being able to either uh, outthink, outmean, or bully the right because for some reason and I, I believe this to be true i believe that the right is by nature fair um doesn't mean we don't get pissed off it doesn't mean we don't you know kick things and slam doors and we don't get our way but we don't do it for all that long and i don't believe we do it publicly mm -hmm. um so i think that is actually the uh will be the the demise of the left is their own um, uh, narcissism. They are so confident right now that they got away with it. But, you know, they, they say that if you can't find the sucker at the table, it's you. Hmm. Right. They have never they've never tangled with anyone like Donald Trump. No. Uh, they've never tangled with anyone really like Rudy Giuliani or Jay Sekulow. You know, these are, these are not cancer. These are patient men mm -hmm. who will, there's a wonderful saying, I'm sure your grandparents used it, uh, uh, give him just enough rope to hang himself with. Yep. I sure did. I think that's what's going on. Um, not just because I believe in our president, but because I believe in our Constitution. And I don't believe that someone who cheats or a, or a group of people who are less than honest can possibly get away with it. Uh, I think our Constitution is stronger than that. I don't know how this, the, the tide is going to turn, but I believe it will. Uh, there are many... Uh, my, my limited understanding of how this works is in order to get to a military court, you've got to exercise civil and criminal first. So once, once you have exhausted your, your civil uh, opportunities and your criminal opportunities, there's only one left. Most people give up before they get to it. Mm -hmm. That's military. So when we are in a a military court situation, the military will look at the evidence, but we couldn't get to there unless civil and criminal had first been exhausted right? and have now been exhausted. So um, we'll see. I think, I think very interesting times are coming up. Uh, I just read this morning that the president has, uh, has declared, I don't know if it's official or if he just said it, uh, but that the uh, what's they've changed the laws once again in Georgia. I think the judicial has changed the laws, the voting laws in Georgia with regard to mail-in ballots again since November, <laughs> knowing full well that that is the responsibility and obligation of the uh, uh, not of the judicial but of the um, legislative. So back to the narcissism. Back to the, back to the team that is so confident in the third quarter that they've already won. 
mm-hmm. that they they no longer show up to play and they lose their ass right yeah to me that's what's to me that's what's going on so i think on january 21st we will we will have uh, president trump will be the president in my perfect in my perfect world um those who have disgraced the constitution openly will go to jail for it um i do believe that that uh, that cheating in an election is a i know it's an offense i know it's not legal i think it's a federal offense and i do think because it's trying to undermine our the freedom on which we stand uh that it is an act of treason i hope it's treated that way um and uh, because we cannot afford in any in we can't afford to be the country where where uh, people who violated the law were able to get away with it. Mm-mm. So um, we'll see. We'll see what's happening. A whole lot smarter people than me uh, are involved in that whole that whole uh, litigation process or that whole legal process or that chess game that uh, that they are playing. But uh, I do know that the most exciting football games, the most exciting game when I used to watch football before they started taking a knee um, are those games where, where someone wins in the last three seconds. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's that it's, it's that. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. We never saw it coming. Yeah. Well tell you yeah. who, see it coming and who believed it could happen was the team who just kicked your ass yeah you've got to believe it the whole way Uh, otherwise you don't believe it why do you think that hollywood and these elitist people are so obsessed with this this whole narrative um a number there's a number of reasons why i think that is um the whole give people you know i I was brought up uh give a man a fish he eats for a day teach a man to fish he eats for a lifetime Mm -hmm. um however there's a lot of money in giving a man a fish right there's a lot of money for me if i'm in the if i'm in the handout business and I can hand you a thousand dollars and make a hundred thousand dollars doing it. Mm-hmm. Then that's a test of your character. So I think I think what happens is that there's so many people making so much money by by giving handouts that they don't want to damage that. Um, and then the the movie industry because they want to feel like they're doing something other than just making movies. You know, they want to feel like they're curing cancer. Mm, Yeah. They get involved with those people. And I'm not even saying those people are bad. It's just a matter of your character. If I can make more money by being philanthropic with your money, then I'm going to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. So now you, you've got that as a, as a foundation. And then on top of that, if I can go out and work for three weeks and make $20 million, or 
by working with folks who work with the folks who are making a lot of money by being philanthropic with your money. Or I can go spend everything I have like Alicia and I do making movies that we really believe in, you know, and risking everything to do it. Um, which am I going to do me? I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep doing what we're doing. And one of these days we'll be the ones making the $20 million, but we'll make it legitimately. It'll be us. It'll be ours. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's going to be hard for someone who makes $20 million a movie to buck the system because then they may lose their cinchy jobs. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them have. Yeah. Studios aren't making movies anymore. When all of this smoke clears politically, when all the smoke clears uh, economically, when all the smoke clears medically, um, a lot of people who were big stars a year ago are going to be who? Mm -hmm. Especially those who bet on those who make a lot of money by being philanthropic with other people's money. Because mm -hmm. we work, you work, you know, we, we are the grease on the wheels here and uh, we don't appreciate it when people come in and take advantage of that. We don't want anyone, quote Bo Duke. I don't like anyone who pollutes the well where I drink. Hmm. Um, what was the rest of that? I choose this life, not because I don't know any better, but because I believe it is better. And I think there are more people who feel that way than who feel like the most work they want to do is pick up a cardboard sign and go to a corner or go up to their mailbox and pick up a check. Yeah. I do too. People who would rather learn to fish than be given one. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I, I don't know. I, my, my whole thing on it is, no matter what side you believe, you've got to look at what's happened and what's been presented. All of this evidence and these whistleblowers have just basically been dismissed and not even been looked at. That, to anybody with half of a brain with common sense, mm -hmm. should say, ding, okay, something is not right with that. Why? What justifies not even looking into investigating something that i mean that's well, that's because they don't want to lose yeah they, they got away with it yep you know but they are a shoplifter headed to the car in the parking lot it's just a matter of when is the store detective going to tap them on the shoulder <laughs> you know it could tap them on the shoulder as soon as they left but as soon as they leave it's like oh my gosh i'm sorry Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I, I cell phone my kids. My mom is sick. My dog got run over by a train. I don't know, but there's some excuse. The closer you get to the car, <laughs> the car being January 20th, mm -hmm. the more guilty you are. Hmm. So I think that's what's going on. I really do. Remember, this is a man who has built hotels all over the world. And we've been to several of them. Mm -hmm. And 
there are people, the, the groundskeepers are happy. The folks working in the restaurants are happy. The folks at the front desk are happy. Uh, they're happy to have a job and they're happy to be working for the organization they're working for. That I've only seen that really one other time, working with Tyler Perry. Everybody at Tyler Perry Studios appreciates the opportunity to work hard for something they believe in. And I think that's fantastic. That's yeah. what you see. That's what I've seen at any Trump hotel or resort I've ever been to before and after he was the president. And, you know, this is a guy that understands global politics or global economics because the world has been kissing his ass for decades. Right. That's so true. when he says, look, China did, you know, he has intimate understandings of the workings of China, like really probably no one else because they've been romancing him throughout their, what do they call it? The hundred year marathon. You know, they've been, mm -hmm. Chinese folks are very patient. Mm -hmm. Um, and we need to be a little more patient. The president, yeah. the president is patient. He's not going to rush through this process because people want him to get on with it. Yeah. No, no. If I've got until January 20th, I'm going to take until January 20th. Now, if there's some point of law that makes it so I've got until March 15th, then you bet your ass I'm going to wait until March 15th. Mm -hmm. If for no other reason than to confuse you, <laughs> what's the, what's the great toast confusion to your enemies? Mm -hmm. He's a master. Oh my God. And he it, knows. And if I, if, if you're right, the heads are going to blow up. It, I mean, it's just going to be insane. Uh, I mean, you, if, if we thought they were spoiled children kicking and screaming in, in, in a Walmart, you know, aisle three at Walmart, in 2016 we ain't seen nothing yet mm -hmm. but the good Man. news is all those folks are against the second amendment and all of us are armed so that's right talk about <laughs> talk about having your narcissism take over your brain <laughs> we're going to attack all those people who believe in the second amendment oh are you uh, <laughs> it's like bringing a bologna sandwich to a gunfight <laughs> bologna sandwich uh well man what do you think what do you think johnny cash would say about all this i think he'd be with me i think he'd totally well us i think he'd i think he'd he'd be writing a song about uh mm -hmm. so if every vote counts then count every vote mm -hmm. Ooh. Ooh. there you go there you go every vote counts then count every vote yeah i think uh i think he'd be on the side of uh of patience um because uh, what what do they say? It ain't over until it's over, and it ain't over till the fat lady sings. Well, uh, the left says the fat lady has sung, and the right says the the fat lady may be in the limo out in the parking lot, but she's on the way in. She's not on the way out. <laughs> okay, so you know, hang on. Um, and my gosh, Andrew, have you seen? Have you? tried to make any sense of anything that biden has said in the last couple of days no or the last few months even this is a man who cannot i mean 
in any other world, at any other time, uh, you're too young to remember how sorry people felt uh, when Ronald Reagan started losing his ability to speak and started, you know, his his dementia started kicking in, his Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Let's say I can't remember which one it was, but it was sad. And, uh, you know, if Biden hadn't hadn't spoken out of both sides of his mouth for his entire career, he would be someone who would be we would feel sorry for him mm-hmm. right now. We would be incorrectly, I believe. But because we are basically nice people, we would be calling him a statesman who is obviously now frail and unable to put a sentence together. Yeah. Instead, they're calling him president elect. It's insane. It's absolutely <laughs> insane. Yeah, it is. Um, the only good thing that's happened in the last couple of weeks with regard to that side is for some reason, thank God, uh, Kamala Harris hasn't said anything yet and has not. Uh, apparently, she hasn't given up her Senate seat yet either. No, I read that the other day. I thought, oh, what's up with that? Because she knows. Maybe she knows. She know. Well, she's just not. Uh, it's not over yet. Smarter, that, maybe she's smarter than. Uh, yeah, yeah. Than, maybe. Um, the only good thing that can be said about, in my opinion, the only good thing that can be said about them is they have the strength of their ignorance. <laughs> They're going for it with yeah. everything they don't have. Yep. That's true. Uh, you know, I asked asked about what you think Johnny Cash would say because, oh, I love that. Stand on it, right? Red, white, blue. You bet. There you go. You lived with Johnny Cash after y'all filmed Stagecoach, didn't you? I did, yep. Yep, Johnny and I were great friends. And uh, someone, somewhere in here I have a picture of John and I, but uh, – yeah, I think he'd be you. He'd, he'd be talking just like you and I are talking. Me too. Yep. He'd wonder. Uh, he'd wonder. I think he would wonder how they could be so stupid as to be claiming what they're claiming before, you know, before time. Uh, you know, you don't open the oven to look and see if your souffle is almost ready because you hurt it. You kill it when you do that. So I, I think he would be marveling at their arrogance. Uh, and and uh, in so doing, he would believe, as I believe, that their arrogance is what's going to uh, ultimately uh, blow up in their face and make it make it so none of this was was worthwhile. Yeah, that's my feeling about what Johnny would what johnny would feel and i think uh, i think waylon would be right there with us too yeah i think so but waylon i think is a little more uh waylon was a little more um pragmatic yeah i think i think waylon would would weigh both sides and waylon would talk about to what degree the masses have mm. been what degree the masses have been uh coerced or fooled into believing it Mm -hmm. and yeah i think i think uh i think waylon would do more math yeah uh johnny would go get a shovel you know okay come on (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I think uh, Chris I might be on the other uh, on the other side. Yeah, but you know, I mean, Willie, Willie is too. A big shock to me. How in the world Willie could have come out for Biden? I just don't understand. Well, he was an Obama, you know, guy. Um, but you know, I was telling somebody the other day talking about Willie and Chris and those guys. You know, they don't have this obsession with if you don't believe the way that I believe, I wish your family would die. You know, right, yeah. they want everybody to love each other. I don't know what that's. I don't know where that came from. All this animosity, you know, it's it's crazy. Um, yeah, I don't I don't understand the the, uh, the belief. And I think that's a fairly new one. Um, I've, I've watched it get worse over the years here. But um, again, it's a, I guess it's a gross generalization, but, but I don't think people on the right, of course, we think we're right, but mm-hmm. we don't think you're a terrible person for disagreeing. Yeah. Uh, we wonder how you could. <laughs> yeah, it's like a... But, but we, don't, we don't say... My folk, my friends on the left start their sentences with things like, come on, John, you know, you're smarter than that. Right. Yeah. Or be an idiot. Yeah. Or. Yeah. You know, which is uh, it's unfair. It's not, uh, you know, they they have the right to say that they have the right yeah. to think. But I think just uh, our nature is different. I think um, so. And I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why that is. Um I mean, my, my mind has been changed about a lot of things over the years. I'll hear some new piece of information, new news, or someone's, someone will say something, will have their heart on their sleeve. Uh-oh. Where you and all of a sudden I'll go, well, you know, I never thought about it that way. Um, but a lot of my, a lot of my left friends and, and just are nasty about it. Yeah. Mean. Mean, mean. Got, hey, got Tyler, a ghost in there? Would you do me? Hang on one second. Ed, would you do me a favor? And I just realized this: uh, the light is on in the projector, and that bulb doesn't last all that. <laughs> I think that it's the white clicker in there. Hit the blue button twice. Hey, got it down. I think it just turned on. I don't think that's been up there this whole time. It hadn't. I thought it was like a window, the sun coming through the window or something. You'd move the phone. I don't know. I didn't notice. I have to go back and look. There. That's off now. I'm hit one more time, I think. Oh. Ah. I'm not sure. But anyway, it's it looks like a disco light. There we it go. It does. Uh you told me a uh really cool story one time about when Waylon finally came to do the Dukes of Hazard. Um oh, about the, the note in his pocket. Yeah, the little boy's note in his pocket in his wallet. Yeah. First time I met Waylon. We were doing ADR, automated dialogue replacement. And uh, he came in to do some, well, the boys didn't know. And uh, we had not met yet. Uh, And I went to introduce myself and he said, oh, hang on a second, Hoss. He'd call everybody Hoss. That was his, uh, if he doesn't know your name, he calls you Hoss. If he did know your name, he called you Hoss. (laughs) But uh, he said, hang on, a little fella gave me this. And he pulled a, uh, pulled his wallet out and pulled a little piece of paper out. And he said, little fella asked me to give this to Bo and I want to make sure I do good on it. And I said, when was that? He said, oh, about four or five months ago. He had, so he had, he had saved this little piece of paper. 
this whole time. And then he finally gave it to me. And I thought that was uh, really spoke volumes about uh, Whalen's integrity and his value uh, for his fans, his love for his fans. So that was pretty great. And that was during, that was 1979. Um, and there was nobody bigger in the world than Waylon Jennings at that point. Yeah. So it was, it was quite, quite wonderful that he did that. And they actually filmed the opening sequence where he's with his Telecaster that day, right? I think it was that day or it was the next day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We had, uh, they set up a, um, a sheet. We were shooting in a, a junkyard uh, in, I think, Northridge, California. <clears throat> and they put up a sheet. And it's like, what's that all about? And then there was Whalen in there playing that. Um, that was pretty cool. You know, nobody knew what any of that was yet because nobody had seen it. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember first time I saw the General Lee, it was sitting next to Daisy's Roadrunner. And I, I thought, gosh, I hope the Roadrunner is our car because that big. <laughs> My I God. Had the had the uh, kind of a Starsky and Hutch red tomato stripe on it, you know the black stripe. Oh man! Road Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine if that's that had been reversed? No, oh, now, now of course you know now the General Lee being the man. arguably famous car in the world ever. Uh, it's pretty great pretty great chargers were easier to find than roadrunners which i think ultimately is why we use the charger yeah they make as many I, I think they made the 69 charger i think they made in hamtramck michigan i think they made three hundred thousand there alone mm. so you know people say oh dukes of hazard they've destroyed the chargers i say number one you wouldn't care if there wasn't dukes of hazard you wouldn't care about a charger and number two we wrecked 330 329 chargers in seven years and they made 300,000 of them at least mm -hmm. yeah so just stop mm -hmm. <laughs> just stop <laughs> <laughs> uh you know whose whose idea was the uh if you remember whose idea was the horn Oh, that was an accident. That was, uh, we were filming at the Boar's Nest, uh, high octane. It's when I had on the brown corduroy outfit. And uh, a young man drove by in a, in a uh, um, ranchero, ranchero or something and blew his horn. And it was the, the Dixie horn. And our, uh, we had two executive producers. One of them, uh, Paul Picard, grabbed a van and a teamster and chased the guy down and bought the horn from him. Cause he thought that'd be great to have on the general Lee. So they put, I think they put that horn on one car and that was it. The rest of it was recorded and they would just put it on there later. Yeah. But uh, I do remember, I can see him in my mind's eye. I can see him racing down the street there in social circle, Georgia, chasing after this guy in a, in an El Camino or a Ranchero or whatever it was. Uh, and he bought the horn off of him. Wow. How about that? <laughs> Great. Yeah. Have you been back there? Get a horn like that is the uh, J.C. Whitney catalog. Oh, yeah. They still have them and you can still get them there. That's cool. Yeah. Have, have you been back to those filming locations any just for shits and giggles over the yeah, years? Yeah. Uh, Alicia and I went to the Boar's Nest maybe two months ago, maybe not even that long ago. Oh, really? Two months before we did the uh, 
before we did the Save the Small Town Drive-In tour. Mm -hmm. We were there. We were in Covington um, checking out the the square. It was beautiful and uh, looked at some of the locations, tried to find some that are gone, you know, been built over. So it's fun. I'm a fan of all that, too. Yeah. There's some folks on YouTube that have went and found the exact, I mean, even in where the car jumps over this certain hill. I'm like, how in the hell do y'all find this? There, you can still uh, you can still see that spot where the General Lee first took flight. We went to the college where the uh, the first jump over the cop car was. Um, so it's pretty great, you know. People yeah. are uh, still searching. What did we did a little YouTube thing? I didn't keep up with it because we don't live there, but I think it was called uh, uh, Finding Hazard. Um, but like you said, I mean, a lot of people have done that. So there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of footage out there already about people who've hunted yeah. down hunting hazard hunted hunting down hazard. and uh, have taken people there. Uh, Travis Bell did a great, uh, a great video about that. Travis Bell. So check that out, folks. I think he has a YouTube channel and there's uh, some great stuff on there. How many of those original General Lees have you owned over the years? Oh, I never, uh, I, I would buy cars and sell them back to Warner Brothers, but I never owned, uh, uh, I never bought any of them back. There wasn't anything left. You know, they were junk. Yeah. But I did, uh, my five five eleven Hemi I had years ago uh, is the one we used in uh, the reunion movie. Mm-hmm. I guess it was Hazard in Hollywood. Um, Might have been the first one. Not sure, but that was my car. Okay. So I uh rented it to them and then i of course got that back so that's as close to an original but really you wouldn't want an original unless uh unless somewhere in the world it got restored after that because we really were rough on them and they really did not look all that great in person yeah no they were they were uh road hard and put away wet oh yeah <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the the hood, you did get one of the original hoods from, is it from the pilot episode? The roof. I have the roof because I had that. Uh, the roof, that's right. Cut the roofs off. And uh, I got one from my dad. So my dad had that in his uh, upholstery shop um, for uh, years. And then when he passed away, I got it. I got it back. And that's did hanging you- up at Shirley's. When you see my YouTube videos, and there's the big rebel flag, the General Lee rooftop on behind my head. That's uh, right up there, yeah. And what used to be my mom's living room. Wow. Did, yeah. did Warner Brothers give that to you, or did you buy it from them later? Oh no, they did. They just gave it to me. But it wasn't Warner Brothers. It was the Valuze Brothers who made the cars. Okay. Uh, you know, in really doesn't. Uh, not that they don't exist, but Warner Brothers is a company. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't anybody in there that would say, oh, I'm going to give John a uh, the route yeah. to the gym. Yeah, the, right. Trying to find somebody at eBay or find, yeah, they, they don't really exist. Yeah. There is, there really isn't an Amazon. It just kind of is. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I got a hold of that. And then afterwards, there's a, a lot of cars that sat around for uh, years and then a guy named Wayne Wooten, my understanding is that he he was out in California and uh, 
saw all the cars out in a field. I think there were 13 or 14 cars and he bought them all from the values A's and then culled them down and made seven or eight out of the, out of the carcasses. <laughs> wow. But those were cars that were ready to be used. Should we have an eighth season or one or two of them might've been left over from the seventh season. Uh, so it's, it's, it depends on your definition as to whether or not you would even call that uh, call those the original cars because we probably never used them because we didn't yeah. have any. Yeah. Um, but they were made by the the right people in the right place uh, with the right parts and the right color. Yeah. So you no, know, they they were as close to original as humanly possible. Um, so I was glad when Wayne did that. That's been a long time ago now. So folks who have the Wayne Wooten cars, I think it's, it's safe to say that those are real. You know, the funny thing is, I didn't know until you told me you were actually in the first Smokey and the Bandit movie. I was. I was. I'm just at the end. Uh, but I talked my way onto the set, skipped school, talked my way onto the set, uh, got breakfast and hair and makeup and, and, uh, at the very end, because they didn't know what to do with me, uh, at the end of the day when they were shooting, the last thing they did was <clears throat> Jackie Gleason driving off in the uh, was a 76 Eldorado. No, no, no. Bert's in the 76 Eldorado. Jackie's in the, the cop car. He takes off after him, and the wheel falls off and rolls into the crowd and hits this tall 16-year-old in the shins, and he's wearing a cowboy hat and a jean vest, and that's me. And then the frame freezes and the credits roll. So that's uh, that was my claim to fame. But really, the fact that I was 16, skipped school, uh, climbed the fence, found some guy with a radio, tapped him on the shoulder and said, hey, I'm sorry I'm late, but traffic on I-85 is a bear. Where's hair and makeup? <laughs> the fact that I had the balls to do that <laughs> yeah. and got away with it uh, is pretty cool. It was a friend of mine and I, a guy named Richard Jensen and I did that. So uh, I think it's pretty great. Did you talk to Jackie any that day? All day. Really? Yep. I All love day. Jackie Gleason. And uh, I'm from Mount Kisco, New York. Mm -hmm. And I think he was living in Peekskill, which is the same county. Wow. Uh, they're both Westchester County. But uh, yeah, we talked a lot. It was, uh, it was cool. He never got up. He just sat in his chair and waited to, uh, waited to go <laughs> do the scene and drank beer all day. <laughs> what kind you remember i don't know it had a, he had a kid a kid with a uh radio flyer wagon with ice in it and a keg of beer <laughs> and he's from new york that sounds like alabama well it does doesn't it? <laughs> does. <laughs> yeah. man and then you got to know burt reynolds over the years that's actually why you wanted to make stand on it as a we tribute yep yep burt and hal hal needham who wrote and directed smoking the bandit was uh was a real good friend of mine um, and we, uh, we developed a couple of movies and television shows that, that we couldn't sell. Uh, in those days, I, I thought you had to play the game by, by developing something and selling it to a studio. Uh, it wasn't until 2006, I realized, you know, screw that. I'm just going to make my own movies. And, uh, I made Collier and company in 2006. And then when I met Alicia, we just, we've exploded. We've done what we want, when we want, with whom we want. 
Um, and one of the things I've always wanted to do was pay tribute to smoking the bandit and both Bert and Hal, we talked at many, many occasions about there really isn't anybody waving the, waving the Southern horsepower flag anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, when that was such a tried and true uh, genre back in the seventies and eighties, uh, none of us could figure out why they weren't making them anymore. Yeah. Uh, so it was kind of up to us and they're both gone. Yeah. It's up to me, you know, find a fancy car, put somebody in it that drives it like nobody else and, uh, and make a movie about it. And that's what stand on it is. It's, it's fantastic. I'm very proud to stand on it. Yeah. I think, uh, I think old Bert and Hal would, would give you a good nod to that, man. That was, uh, you know, nobody's ever tried to do that. Nobody's no. ever done that. So, well, there's a, there's a, it's like a great song. There's a, there's a tricky recipe to it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's gotta be, it's gotta be funny. It's gotta be fast. It's gotta be believable. Uh, it's gotta have, uh, it's got to almost be slapstick, but not quite. Because mm -hmm. um, once you once you get into slapstick stuff, it just gets silly, and then it makes it makes everything else unbelievable, yeah. which then calls down to not believing the guy driving the car is really that good at it. When you watch Burt Reynolds and Smoking the Bandit, it was like that son of a bitch can drive a car like nobody else. Mm -hmm. Then Bo came along. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't Tom. Bo's driving the triple black. Uh, although in <laughs> in stand on it, it's a challenger because I'm a Mopar guy. So for uh, I'm a Pontiac fan. I love the Trans Am. I think that's one of the sexiest cars ever. But I'm a Mopar guy, so we used a uh, a challenger and uh, took a sawzall and cut t tops in it. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we do it, in Louisiana, isn't it? Our rednekedness showing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey. You can you can redneck a lot of stuff up and it works forever. It's just what gets people better. don't realize. Ooh, just get better when you redneck it. There you go. We we're all time. Yeah, that's the kind of flag that needs to be waved right there. Yeah, no, I'll get that's the flag. Time. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Right there. Love it. Uh, you we're always texting song ideas back and forth and you know i've got like a list of stuff and we've wrote some together on there and you've recorded some of my songs and just been real generous and kind with your words about i mean i've heard you talk about me and other things and what you know you invited me and dana to the opry that night and talked about me there and did stone only one so i, I appreciate y'all's friendship and uh everything you've done um we really don't talk about this kind of stuff really me and you don't no, I, I mean we've talked about johnny cash a little bit but yeah. so it's kind of cool to talk to you about some of the old stuff you know well uh, okay i've enjoyed it <laughs> <laughs> i bet that's a weird thing and like when you're doing these things you know and people are talking about you start thinking about how long ago it actually was is that oh, weird my, yeah Oh yeah. I had people up at the store looking at, uh, I said, this picture, I took this picture in 1978, <laughs> 88, 98, 2008, 2008. <laughs> God, 
Yeah. Long time ago. Doesn't seem like it though. You know, in many regards, it, 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 some of that stuff seems like a hundred years ago and some of it seems like two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh, but I think that's, uh, that's the nature of memory. You know, it, uh, you kind of stack things on top of one another and, and you pull them out. Uh, we don't have a, we don't have a date on things like we do with the, in our computer. Um, but it's been great. I wouldn't change anything. And uh, in many regards with like stand on it, I feel like I'm just uh, really finally gaining traction. Um, and then I'll hear, I'll hear things, you know, John Wayne had a career spanning 50 years. I'm thinking, well, shit, I've had a career spanning 42. Mm-hmm. Eight's not that far away and I'm just getting started. So, yeah. uh, I see one of my dogs running through the, Oh, well, she's up to no good. Um, but yeah, I've had a great time and there's even greater times coming up folks. If you have not seen stand on it yet, come on, get a hold of stand on it, support independent thought. And, uh, I'm, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. I promise you'll enjoy it. If you like smoking the bandit, if you like Dukes of hazard, you're going to love stand on it. There's just no, no two ways about it. So get a hold of it, either rent it, through cineflixdod.com or buy the DVD at johnschneiderstudios.com and get a hold of the soundtrack too. It's pretty great. Pretty great. And and you're on every social media channel basically, right? I am, yeah, but uh, I, I, I do Facebook and YouTube more than the others just because I, for some reason, Twitter doesn't make any sense to me. And, and uh, I'll post on Instagram, but basically what I post on Instagram are swipe up links to cineflix and to uh the store mm-hmm. just trying to make it easy or if you really want to make it easy get a hold of my app it's called john schneider uh there's a music button on it there's a movie button on it there's a store button on it there's a tour schedule button on it so uh it's the uh, easiest way to find out what's going on and when is just get a hold of the app uh and then you can get movies you get christmas cars and Something's going on out there because my dogs are all running around. Hmm. <laughs> well, you've got fans outside the gate there, Miss Shirley's, I guess. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe that's it. Good to see you, man. I appreciate it. Love the little song you played in the beginning. Oh, you like that? Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not, man? I appreciate you doing it. Good to see you again. and Good seeing you. Uh, we'll uh, get you out when we do the, we start up the, uh, the drive-in tour again we got to get you out there to sing a couple songs yeah man all right all right all right you I've... take care somebody right. else there's people walking all the way through here all right you uh-huh. take care of yourself everybody happy new year remember right. <laughs> don't forget it all right bye i appreciate y'all listening to picking it out and we'll see you next time <laughs>